Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Our guest for today's episode is my dear friend, Katie Bulmer. Katie is an author, a podcaster, and a speaker who's on a mission to help sorority women realize their worth. Yes, and amen to that. Where was Katie when I was in college? I met Katie a few years ago when I spoke at a sorority event that she was hosting at Georgia Southern University, and we were friends at first sight. Is that a thing? It should be, right? But truly, I love this woman. I love her heart. I love her mission. I love the way that she helps women grow closer to God, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. One of my favorite things about Katie is her passion for prayer, and that's what we're talking about in today's episode. We're talking about prayer, how to pray, and the incredible things that can happen when we do. My dream for this episode is that after it, we all decide to pray more, that we start praying more often and connecting with God on a deeper level. And also, my hope is that we start praying bigger. I cannot imagine what God would do if our entire Girls' Night community started praying wild, brave prayers, but I would love to find out. That's my hope for this episode. One other thing I wanted to mention is that in this episode, I feel like Katie and I were barely able to scratch the surface. There's so much more I wanted to talk about when it comes to prayer, and so we're going to need to do some more episodes about this coming up. But also, I wanted to offer up a little resource for those of you who are wanting to go deeper into this topic today. In our show notes for this week, you'll find a list of scripture references where Jesus teaches about prayer. There are so many, and there's so much to them, we couldn't possibly fit them all in this episode. And on the show notes, it's not an exhaustive list either. But this is a great way to take a step deeper, hearing more of what God has to say about how to connect and communicate with Him. So make sure to go find that after the episode, okay? Oh, and if you guys don't know, you can always find our show notes on my blog. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. And for each episode, we have a blog post with all the show notes. So you'll have to scroll down maybe a little bit to find them, but they're all there just in case you're ever looking for them. But before we dive in with Katie, I actually have an announcement to make. And I'm so excited that I finally get to spill the beans about this. So for the past several months, I have been hard at work on a new book. It's a guided prayer journal specifically for single women. And for the longest time, it has been a closely guarded secret. But all of that changes today. You ready for this? Oh my gosh, guys, I've been waiting so long for this moment. So here's what the prayer journal is all about. Growing up, we're told that we should be praying for our future husbands. And it makes sense, right? Dating, finding the right person, committing to them for life. Those are not things we want to attempt without God in our corner. Problem is, nobody ever teaches us how to pray for our future husbands. And if you're anything like me, you found yourself wondering, What am I supposed to pray for exactly? And is there a right way to pray for my future husband? And if so, what is that right way? Is there anything else I should be specifically praying for? Is there anything else I should be doing now so that I'm ready for marriage when the time comes? What about my life today? How can I grow as a person and in my faith right now so I'm the woman I wanna be no matter my relationship status? And how do I make sure I'm setting myself up for an awesome future while still savoring my life in the present? Well, friends, I would have loved to have a resource to walk me through all of this, but I could never find one. And that's why I knew I had to make one. So today, I'm so happy to introduce you to my brand new prayer journal, Every Single Moment, a hundred powerful prayers to help you savor the present and prepare for the future. So I wanna read the back of the book to you just to give you an idea of what it's all about. So here's what it says. Filled with easy to follow prayer prompts, this beautiful 100-day guided journal will help you cover your future husband and marriage in prayer. But that's just the beginning. Over the course of 100 days, these prayer prompts will help you heal from the past, grow in the present, and find joy, peace, and purpose in your life right now, today. You'll feel connected with God through prayer in a whole new way, leaving you full of joy, alive with hope, and ready for love. Best of all, when you finish the prayer journal, you'll find yourself with a beautiful time capsule keepsake of this chapter of your love story and where God showed up in the midst of it. Every single moment will not only help you pray for your future marriage, it'll help you be ready for it when the time comes. And friends, I seriously cannot wait to get this into your hands. And luckily, I don't have to wait too long because it comes out in exactly one week. Every single moment is coming out on October 21st, and I would love for you to be one of the first to get a copy. So again, 
It's all coming out on October 21st and you'll be able to find it in my shop. It's smaywilsonshop.com. Man, guys, I have been waiting forever to get to tell you about that and I'm so thrilled to finally be able to. All right, so with all of that said, let's jump into my conversation with Katie. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who I have here on the show with me today. I'm sitting across from my dear friend, Katie Bulmer, and I I just am so excited for you to know her. So Katie, can you, before we dive into the topic we're talking about today that I just cannot, I can't wait to dive in, <laughs> tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. Okay. My name is Katie Bulmer. That's Fulmer with a B. You said it right, but no one else can ever say it right. <laughs> I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We've lived here for about two years now. I am a marketing guru, I guess you could say. I've worked in print, radio, and TV advertising and still work from home doing promotional advertising. But that all that marketing influence kind of gave me an aha moment with when I saw sorority women having a what I call a $100 million power of influence over the marketing place. And I was like, holy cow. And so now I also speak and write and podcast to sorority women, which is my passion job. And I'm also a yoga instructor, which of course just makes perfect sense, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, hey, listen, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And a wife to Brian. Brian works at UTC Chattanooga where he teaches financial literacy. So he teaches college students about money. And we have two daughters. So two girls makes me ultra passionate about the next generation of our, of our daughters. I love that. I love that. What does that mean that they have a hundred million dollar influence over the marketplace? Is that, is that the right number? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, okay. My marketing background, I'm working in the promotional world and I saw Comfort Colors t-shirts, which most of you have probably heard of. It's just a t-shirt brand. It was kind of an unheard of brand. And in 2014, it starts skyrocketing and I'm getting request after request. And every time I put in an order, I had to click a disclaimer saying, yes, I realize there are stock shortages. Yes, I realize this color chalky mint was like all the rage in 2014. I don't know, but they're flying off the shelves. And as I learn more and more about it, I learned that their company was actually content to coast that year. Their CEO was on his deathbed. They did not do any advertising. They did not launch a single new product yet. For whatever reason, sorority girls decided they liked these t-shirts and they skyrocketed from a $10 million company to a $100 million company simply because sorority girls decided they liked these t-shirts. And when I speak, I open with that story because I'm like, Guys, this is a t-shirt. This is like a nothing thing, but you took it to a hundred million dollar power of influence. Imagine what else you could do. And I encourage them to use that power of influence for good, like make movements that matter, buy fair trade, start a prayer walk on your campus, raise the dating bar for the love. Like (laughs) there's so many incredible things you can do with a hundred million dollar power of influence besides wear cute shoes. I mean, cute shoes are important. Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. I'm just saying there can be more. I love that. I love that. Um, I can picture what chalky mint looks like. Although when I was in my sorority, we comfort colors wasn't the cool thing. We were really into American apparel. Um, and Um, much to my sweet husband's dismay, I still have some of my sorority t-shirts, but they are really comfy. So I'll have them forever. Okay. So Katie, what is your fun fact? Okay. I love thinking about this. This is such a fun question. I was born right in the middle of a hurricane. So Hurricane Frederick came through Biloxi, Mississippi in 79. I'm dating myself and plowed through Biloxi, Mississippi. And as my mom is bringing me home from the hospital, my grandmother is with her and they walk into their base because their my dad was in the Air Force and they were stationed in Biloxi, Mississippi. As they open up the apartment door to where they were staying, the water was to their knees. And yeah, there was no electricity, no phones. They have a brand new baby and they're like, what do we do now? And this is before cell phones. And my grandmother, of course, I don't remember this. This was a story that has been told, but my grandmother goes to the refrigerator and begins praying because she didn't know what else to do and was like, we need to get in touch with um, her, uh, her other daughter in Valdosta, Georgia, my aunt, to figure out what in the water we're supposed to do. Like, how do we get this brand new baby and my other daughter to safety? 
And so she's sitting there praying against the refrigerator and the phone rings. <laughs> like, how does that even happen? There's water to the knees in the apartment. Yeah. So the phone rings and it was my aunt and they get a plan to get me and the belongings in the car, get to Valdosta, Georgia. And although my birth certificate says Biloxi, Mississippi, that was the only time I spent there. <laughs> my dad stayed to get the belongings situated, came to Valdosta, got a plan, and then they transferred him in the Air Force to Atlanta, which is where I grew up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so, that is like, I'm so stressed out for your mom and I'm so, so, so for your grandma. I, that, I mean, but that's incredible. That is amazing. And I feel like that's, I, that's just the perfect story to kick off what we're talking about today. That's what I was hoping. It's perfect. Yes. So, um, Katie, I'm, I'm so excited about our conversation because today we're going to be talking about prayer and, you know, we know that as Christians, we're supposed to pray and that we can pray. Like in one hand, we're supposed to. On the other hand, we can. And those are both great things. But I think that prayer can feel really tricky. It's kind of like folding a fitted sheet. We're never sure if we're doing it right. It's always, it feels complicated. It feels frustrating at times. I think for some of us, we've been praying for a long time and, and, Maybe we're feeling frustrated that we're not seeing our prayers answered the way that we were hoping they would be. Um, Or maybe we've been praying in the same way for so long that it's starting to feel kind of stale and we just don't feel like we're really connecting to God anymore. Or maybe we've never really been sure how to connect with Him. And and prayer for us feels like something we feel guilty that we're not doing more. Or um, just kind of this conversation that you're having with the you know ceiling of your bedroom, just staring up, hoping that God's listening. It's just it's just hard. We're just never completely sure if we're doing it right. On the other hand, or an, another piece of this is that prayer, I think, is one of the most untapped resources for us as as women, as Christians. We have access to God. We get to speak to God and we get to ask Him for things. We get to ask Him to help us with things. We get to, I mean, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but scripture is so clear with the fact that prayer changes things. And, right. and I feel like we're not totally taking advantage of it. And so my hope for this conversation, I have a million questions for you about prayer because I know prayer has been huge in your life. But my hope is that this is just sort of that shot of adrenaline, that reminder for us of why prayer matters and how to do it and what can happen when we do it. Because I just think it would be so amazing if we as a Girls' Night community were women who prayed bold prayers over ourselves and over each other and over our world. And so that's kind of my hope just for this conversation. And so Katie, I I know that prayer has been such a significant thing in your life. Can you tell us like what is your backstory when it comes to your prayer life? Have you always been a prayer warrior? What like what does that look like? Yeah, so despite the miracle prayer of my grandmother when I was just a few days old, I did not grow up um, in a very Christian home. My parents ended up getting a divorce and we were we lived in Georgia, so therefore we thought we were Christian based on our zip code, which is laughable, of course. But in the South, you you understand. And so I would have told you I was a Christian, but nothing in my life reflected that. I went to college and lived your typical sorority girl life, looking for love and all the wrong fraternity boys, you know. <laughs> And <laughs> I'm laughing because I know. I'm right, laughing because yeah, I did. I your book. <laughs> yes. Same, same. Yes, totally. Looking for love and all the wrong fraternity boys, thinking beauty and popularity and all of those things would fill my broken places. You'll be shocked to find out that did not work out. And my senior year, I have the breakup that broke me, much similar to you, and was like, okay, what what the heck? You know, this guy was my happily ever after. My parents had then moved, my mom and my stepdad have moved from Atlanta where I grew up. There was no plan B. There was no going back home after college. I was supposed to marry him and my future was supposed to be filled with sunshine and rainbows. And we broke up my senior year and I'm like, oh no, 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 <laughs> there, no, 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 no. This is not the way this is supposed to be. So my friend invited me to a Greek girls Bible study, which is just like total crazy. Cause I would have told you, I would never be caught dead in one of those places. I thought that they were for uncool people, quote unquote, and being cool was so important to my, you know, <laughs> just naive self. But my friend invites me to this and I hear the woman at the well story in John chapter four. And I was like, oh my gosh, 2000 years ago, 
a girl was also looking for her happily ever after in the arms of a boy. And she was married five times, living with a guy she wasn't married to, which is even ultra scandalous in those days. But the even crazier things is like this God, this Jesus. And I would have told you that the Bible was a book of a bunch of perfect people who got it all right. And then I found out, oh my gosh, there's like this harlot who is married five times and Jesus talked to her. Like this is blowing my mind. And so I'm like, I need to know more about this guy and this and why he talks to sinners like me. And I was just fascinated. So that was my kind of conversion experience. And my first prayer I'm not making this up, was I don't know what eternal water is, but if it exists, I want a keg of it. And that was my, (laughs) that was my just, um, that was my true heart. And I think that it's, it's beautiful because people think that I have to pray these like, you know, fancy, godly, like only holy prayers. And I'm like, is there a keg of eternal water? Is it on tap? Like where, give me more. I need more of this. I'm just, I'm just, I love that so much. I love that so much. Oh, so that was my first prayer. Very unfancy. And then, you know, definitely take a turn, total 180 in my life, go to church more, the bar less started realizing what it meant to date, um, differently to date men with integrity, date guys that didn't want to go to the bedroom right away, you know, like just a total, change in everything that I'd ever known for 22 years of my life. And the next guy I dated was my husband and he was in a, in a different atmosphere than the other guys I dated. And he dated with me with, he dated me with integrity and with respect and, um, never pushed any physical limits. Cause why would we, you know, we weren't even married and we're just, he was just incredible. So obviously I married him <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was my big conversion experience. And then he was a youth pastor at the time. And so we spent the first, I would say, I don't know, five years of our marriage, what I would say doing the very typical church life, right? Like he was a youth pastor. We were involved in church. I was ministering high school students. Everything looked very pretty on the outside. But I had this, um, maybe about seven years in, I had this like holy itch, for lack of a better way to explain it. And I was like, I'm just not doing it right. You know, like, I need to be more of a Christian, right? I'm, I'm an Enneagram three, by the way. <laughs> like I'm all in, like if I'm not first place, I'm losing. Like I have to be an ultra Christian. So therefore, Brian, we need to move to Africa and adopt 15 children like tomorrow. Like, let's go. Yep. Cause yep. that makes perfect sense. <laughs> and he is thankfully an Enneagram six, which is like, okay, um, that's cute, but simmer down. <laughs> and why don't you first of all, see how you can like feel this hunger within you locally. I'm like, oh, fine. So I go to, um, to serve the homeless people locally because I feel like that's a good idea, right? Like to be a good Christian, you have to save the homeless people. So I start diving in, helping all the homeless people locally and have my second, I would say like huge aha prayer experience in a in a closet, in a walk-in closet, because that's a, a good old-fashioned come apart, right? Like a good cry. But why I'm having this cry is because um, I just dive into homeless ministry. Again, my Enneagram 3 self, I'm like, I'm going to save all the homeless people in Statesboro, Georgia, which is where we're living at the time. And so I dive in and I become true friends. This girl was never a project for me. She was a true friend with this girl who just escaped a crack house. No car, no job, no house, no anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my friend, we are totally going to help you. So we help her get a job. We help her get an apartment. We help her get a car. Like I'm calling all hands on deck and we're like totally going to help her. And all these crazy things happen. And she's so thankful. And she starts coming to church with us and she gets baptized. And I'm like, yay, she's going to be a success story. She comes from the crack house to an apartment. We have a housewarming party and everything is going beautifully. And just as quickly as everything came together, everything starts falling apart. And I realized that I wanted this better life for her so much more than she did. And she stopped showing up for work. She gets her car repoed because she couldn't pay the $35 a week. This is the only amount that they they asked for her because they knew that she was. they were trying to help her. She just, she didn't care as much. She let people come into her apartment. They were partying and staying up late and her kids weren't showing up for school. Which leads me to my meltdown in the closet. And it was a good one. And I remember I had the sweater and I'm like throwing it on the ground. I'm like, God, can't you see how hard I'm working to like do your work? You know, and the kids are knocking on the door, Mama. I'm like, Go 
ask your father to make you a sandwich. (laughs) I just can't deal with my life right now. And if ever, if ever in my life, I've heard the voice of God, it was in that moment. And he said, when did I ever ask you to do any of this? I have people serving the homeless and you are not one of them. I've asked you to share your testimony with sorority women, sorority women. That is your market. Go. And I was like, oh, shoot. I thought you had to be a Christian in the dirt floors of Africa. Maybe the mansions of Greek row are just as hungry for the gospel. And that was my aha moment. (laughs) I have goosebumps everywhere. Katie, I love this. I love this. Well, so you started to get really involved in Greek ministry. And that's actually how we met because you had me come speak at a sorority event um, at Georgia Southern. And it was amazing. I loved it. So how did, what happened from there? You, you got really involved in Greek ministry and something happened with like in the mansions and around the mansions of Greek row having to do with prayer. And I, I love this. So I can't wait to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. I was so thankful that you were able to come. That was awesome. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but yeah. So I have this like, go speak to sorority women. And at this point, you know, I'm graduated. I have kids. I don't even know anyone active at Greek row anymore. And I'm like, what does that even look like? I don't know. And God can use all things at during this time, I'd gotten my yoga certification and I go to church one day and this young college student approaches me and she's like, aren't you a yoga instructor? Can you come to our chapter and do a yoga of class? And I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> and she has no idea. I just have this like, go share your testimony with sorority women experience. And she just invites me to come to, by the way, she's an 80 pie, which is what I was alumni from. So like the door is just wide open for me to go back into Greek life. I go to this yoga class who happens to be there, but the president of the sorority who was a gymnast. So she's like super good at yoga. And she's like, where do you teach other days, I'd love to come to your class. So she comes to my class on a regular basis at the gym. I get to know her. I know, right? Like, and we, and we doubt God, like I'm trying to save homeless people on my own strength. And he's like, no, 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 no. So I start teaching yoga. This presence keeps showing up regularly. I get to know her and I'm like, Hey, so I kind of have this idea based on my marketing background. Like I see sorority women have this really powerful, you know, power of influence. Can I like talk to them sometime? And I'm thinking she'll like, let me have 10 people that they beg to show up and I get to share what I'm passionate about. And she's like, sure. Next Sunday, you can come speak to the whole chapter. You got about 15 minutes speaking to 225 girls. And I'm like, So that was my very first experience. And I talked about John 10, 10, about how he came to give us life and give it more abundantly and how I've seen, you know, myself included looking for love and fulfillment in all those temporary pleasures on Greek grow. And, and I believe truly that young women are are ready and eager for something more on Greek grow, but they're just, they just need the prompting and they need permission or they just need ideas sometimes. And So I was like, maybe they just need more abundant life. And so that's what I talked about. And it went well. And I had a girl tell me I should be a motivational speaker. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) So that was like the doors that God opened up to have me where he wanted me all along. I just had no idea. So what did you do from there? Like you were the advisor for the is that right? That's right. So I, they, I, there was an opening to be an advisor and I was like, well, here we go. So I became the new member advisor and I, I, they loved you. And so they was like, okay, well let's get some Christian speakers up in here. And I'm like, heck yeah. So I was able to book you, which was such a blessing for me, Stephanie, by the way, all of this is going on. She has no idea. And Stephanie told me something you like changed my life when you said, we all have a voice and your voice matters because I would have told you, well, there's other people talking to sorority women. There's other people doing this and saying the same message. And you're like, yeah, but you have different voice and you have a different market and people might hear you differently. And I was like, okay, my voice does matter. We're just going to talk and see what happens. And so I wrote a book after that. (laughs) I'm crying over here. (laughs) Yes. It was so powerful. Oh yeah. God totally used you to remind me that my voice matters. I felt like it didn't. And you like totally helped me with that. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. I'm crying over here. (laughs) I love that. The thing that I love about this, and I know that that like this, we have so much more of the story to get to. But what I love is that 
God is always doing something. Like whether we are aware of it or not, and usually we're not, you know, we're we're busy, we're thinking about other things also. We're not God, so we're not like totally 100% tuned into everything he's doing. But he's just always up to something and he's always just weaving things together in ways we can't even imagine. And I love that. I love that. And we never, I know that I have so many moments in my story where someone said something to me that I don't even remember, they don't even remember saying. Um, And I remember that conversation, but it's, but God just has a way of using things and giving things more weight than we, than we ever could, you know, we can throw our whole effort into something, our whole heart into something and move the needle, not at all. But when we have God behind us and when we're walking with him, it's, I mean, he just is able to do so much more in us and through us than, than we ever could imagine. Oh, preach. That's so true. So you started, I mean, you guys had just some amazing things happen in the Greek system while you were there. And a lot of it, did it start with the prayer walks? Tell us, tell us about the prayer walks. Okay. So I, you know, I get involved in sorority ministry and I, again, I have this, like, they want abundant life but they just, they just need permission. And so I start praying. I'm like, okay, God, I see what they want. And and at this point it was so just gentle of God, because I was able to see the faces and hear the stories and know, remind myself of what I went through when I was their age, you know, and, and get to know these young women. And I was so just thankful to get to know them. And I knew that they wanted this abundant life, but like how to bridge the gap from, you know, I always say my parents were Greek 40 years ago and 40 years ago in the seventies, the theme music, so to speak on Greek row was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So for 40 years, at least it's been the exact same and call me crazy, but I think that they are ready for something new. I mean, I see it in them that they're like, we want to live for more than just what what's always been done. Right. And so I feel like they want this, but I'm like, how can I help? How can I help in any way? So I start praying and I read the Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, which I highly recommend. And he starts talking about there was a property in Washington, D.C. that they were praying for. And it seemed everything about it seemed impossible. It was super expensive. It was downtown near all of those government buildings. So there's a million red tape and all these forms they would have to fill out. It's like never going to happen, never going to happen. He's like, well, I'm going to pray about it. So he like got out of his car and you know, concrete feet to the concrete, walking around the perimeter of the building and started praying. And it gave me an idea to do the same thing for Greek row. And I was like, I don't even know what this looks like. I'm like, you know, I don't know, maybe early thirties at this point. And I'm like, I'm just going to get out of my car and start prayer walking over Greek row. (laughs) I'm like the one random grown up. It's fine. I hope I don't get arrested. (laughs) So I... (laughs) Get out of my car. And I'm just like, God, we know that these young men and women want something more on Greek Row. Like, I just start praying bold, crazy prayers. I'm like, we believe the time is now for a revival on Greek Row. And like, I start praying crazy things. And oh, it was just bonkers, all the stuff that started happening. But one of the things is in that. In that Circle Maker book, he keeps going to the verse in Jericho where it says, the walls are up, they're securely locked, and God says, I've delivered them to you. And I'm like, what does that even mean? You're telling me the walls are up, there's no one's coming in, no one's coming out, and God says, I've delivered them. Like, I don't understand. And so I go to Greek Row after that verse is in my brain, and I'm walking around, and I get to the last fraternity house on the row, and they literally have tarp walls up. It was in the—because they have these— uh, philanthropy stuff going on that week. So they have a tarp wall up. It's all to protect the shenanigans that go on that week. You know, like the, they're not having Bible studies behind those walls are all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have this tarp wall up and I see is there's a wall up. No one's coming in. No one's coming out. And God says, I've delivered them. And what I found out later after reading the commentary, it was like celebrating the work that he's going to do. It looks impossible. It looks like they're only going to ever live for sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And God says, see, I've delivered them. And I was like, oh my goodness, God's up to something. And the craziest part is my friend who was an 80 pie friend of mine who is living in Peru at this point. She is a missionary, has no idea any of this is happening in my life sends me a Facebook message and she says, I know this is crazy, but did I ever tell you about the dream I had of sorority houses becoming houses of worship? (laughs) And I was like, what is happening right now? How do you, what? 
And the crazy thing about this girl, her name is Ashley. She had a specific dream about the place they would live when they moved before they came missionary. She had a dream about the house that they bought in Peru on the mountains before they lived there. And she had this prophetic dream that sorority houses became houses of worship. And I was like, oh, I just need to take a nap right now. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I have goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> right? Hey guys, I hope you're loving this conversation with Katie as much as I am. Isn't she great? I wanted to pop in for one quick second to thank our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor for this week is a company I absolutely love and it's called Lola. So here's the thing. We care about the ingredients in the food we eat and in the beauty products we use. So why shouldn't the same be true about our feminine care products? Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. They're 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes, which is amazing and makes me totally freaked out about what I've been using up until this point. But with Lola, we don't have to worry, and that's only one of the reasons I love them. So not only are the products natural and organic, but they come in a simple, customizable subscription, so you'll never need to make another frantic trip to the drugstore again. Lola delivers exactly what you need, exactly when you need it, right to your door. It is super easy. So all you do is you sign up for a subscription and it's fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, your mix of absorbency, your number of boxes, and the frequency that you want them delivered. The subscription is super flexible, so you can change, skip, or cancel at any time. I got my latest Lola delivery yesterday and I'm such a fan of this. The delivery process is so easy. The products they delivered are so personally tailored to me. The box they come in is so cute and well-designed. But my favorite part is that I don't need to worry about what's in these products that we use so intimately in our lives. And the fact that it's a company for women, founded by women, I love that. Oh, one other thing that's super cool. For every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the US. Isn't that awesome? Friends, I love this company. And actually, the only way I could love Lola anymore is if they had a gift in store for y'all, which of course they do. For 30% off of your first month subscription, Visit mylola.com and enter Girls Night 30 when you subscribe. I want to give you guys that info one more time just to make sure you have it. For 30% off of your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter Girls Night 30 when you subscribe. Lola, I'm such a fan of you. Thank you for all the great work you're doing and thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls Night. All right, friends, let's hop back into my conversation with Katie. So what, so what started happening? So you see this wall up and you, you can sense that God is doing something and you're doing these prayer walks. Like, what did he, what did he do? Okay. So around the same time, and it's just crazy, the timing of all of this, it's just time and time again, how God was so in this. And this is just not me by any stretch of the imagination. Same time all of this is happening, there's another alumni whose name is Liz. Shout out to Liz. She is working on forming a prayer walk. And so she's getting people together and they're forming this prayer walk. So what this was the first time this has been done. The dream behind this was they shut down traffic on Greek Row. They had a band at the 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 end of the Greek Row to worship and get everyone together and hundreds of people showed up at the first time. It was so exciting. And so they shut down Greek Row and people would pray. Now before this, we prayed for seven days in a row because the whole Jericho thing, I thought it'd be cool to like pray seven days and stuff. And then to see those walls come tumbling down. So thankfully I wasn't doing it by myself at this point. I had some sorority girls joining me and we're prayer walking around Greek row. And the seventh day we have this prayer walk. So at the end of the row, they have worship, they have a few songs, and then they say, okay, the next 30 minutes, just go down the row and pray over your over your chapter, pray over your house, pray with your friends. There's no rules. Just go pray over Greek row. And I go with a few a few sorority friends that I knew, and we're, we have um, in mind just to pray over each house. We want to like put our hands on each door and pray over each house. And we get to the pie cap house, and they have no idea that any of this is even happening. There were some guys that just lived at the house, and they come down to see what's going on. And this one guy has a cigarette in one hand and a beer in the other. He's like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, we're just having a prayer walk. Do you mind if I pray with you guys? And the guy sets his cigarette and beer down, and he starts praying with us. And he's like, he just starts crying. And he's like, <laughs> it's my senior year in college. No one's ever prayed with me before. I don't know what I'm doing. I still haven't even declared a major yet. I'm like floundering. Like I needed this prayer tonight. You have no idea how much this means to me. <laughs> I know. 
And it was just crazy, like all the things that God was using. And I'm like, what is happening? I don't even know why you chose me to even be a part of this, but I get to see front row seats to all this revival happening on Greek Row and look at these incredible women like I saw a girl get saved that night. Like she just was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've always wanted. I just didn't even know that I could be Greek and be a Christian. It was just crazy. All the stuff that started happening because of our just praying. I mean, not because of our prayers, because God wanted it all along, but we invited him. You know what I mean? We invited him and it was crazy what he did. I love this so much. And you know, I think that so many of us have felt the way that you felt when you're like, okay, we have to move somewhere we have to move to somewhere in Africa. We have to adopt a bazillion kids. We have to, you know, serve the homeless. We have to whatever. And the thing is, I think that sometimes we can feel so overwhelmed by all the things we feel like we should be doing. And all of those things are really good. And, and we are called to love orphans. We are called to, to feed hungry people. We are called to clothe people who don't have clothes. We're called to, to love people. But at the same time, I, I think that really, where we're most equipped is sometimes where we've been. And I yeah. know that that was exactly it for me that, you know, I, I was about to graduate or I had just graduated from college and I had totally like let go of every plan I'd ever made for my life, uh, which is, that's a terrible time to do it. And, and I'm praying and I'm like, God, what do you have for me? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? It's like probably my 10th prayer ever as I'm praying this. And he says, I want you to write a book called The Lipstick Gospel, and I want you to tell women just like you what I've done in your life so that they'll know what I'm capable of in theirs too. And I just, like, that's exactly what I started doing immediately was investing in sorority girls and and leading a small group. And I mean, I had, I was one half step ahead of them in life, like, you know, six months older than some of them maybe. And I'd been a Christian for like maybe a week and a half longer than they had. But I mean, God just he uses our stories and he uses where we've been. And, and we have a unique ability to go back into the places where we've been to share the things that we wish someone had told us. That's been like my mission this whole for years is, is to be who I needed when I was younger. And that's, and that's exactly what I needed when I was in the midst of my sorority house, feeling lonely and lost and looking for love in all the wrong places. I just, I needed someone to love me and pray with me and tell me that there was a different option and that there was a place to go where I could find something that would actually make me feel fulfilled and whole and as loved as I wanted to be loved. And, and I just, that's exactly what I needed. And I I just love that. That's an opportunity for all of us. And and sometimes our, our mission field, sometimes the, the thing that God has for us has nothing to do with where we've been. But I think a lot of the times it is, it, it is where we've been before. Um, and he just is able to do amazing things. One of my friends talks about that. She's a mission, the one who's a missionary. She said that when they meet people, they say, the, the, I don't know the term for it in their language, but basically it translates to what is your heart language? And they say, it's the language you learn first. And I love that because it's like the language you and I both love, learned first was, you know, be beautiful, be popular, get a boyfriend to like you. Like sorority life was our first language. And we are able to speak that I hope clearly to those are, that are still there trying to figure it all out. Love that. I love <laughs> that. Um, so I want to talk just a little bit more about prayer because I love this reminder and we need this reminder that prayer actually changes things, that we can pray big, bold, brave prayers and that God will answer them. And so I have a million questions for you about prayer. But the first one is, can you talk to us about like what scripture says about prayer? What are some of the things that God says to us about prayer, how to do it, what happens when we do, um, how he answers them. And obviously this is like a huge question, but I love just like a little, a a little, whatever you have for us. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, what's pretty cool is that he invites us to call us father. And I love that because since the creation of man, you know, we've all worshiped. So like, you know, the Greeks had thousands of gods and the Egyptians had gods and having a God is not a new thing, but he's the only God who says, I want you to call me father. And unfortunately not all of us have that perfect father role model in our lives, but he invites us to imagine the best father you can have in that loving lap. And, and a lot of the translations actually translate to call him, call me dada, like as a child crawls up in a, in a warm, loving father's lap to call him dada. And so I love that. And 
you know, again, I used to think, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, that you have to have it all right and like have some type of fancy (laughs) prayer language. I don't even know the words, but that's so not true because just as my children, you know, some of their first words were mama and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's amazing. They had their priorities straight. Yeah, they really did. That's they all really they needed. Did. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved those words and they were their first words and they were so sweet and precious to me. And I didn't expect any more because they were just learning. And so as we just learned to pray, you know, as I prayed for a keg of eternal water, like you just, you just start somewhere. But as scripture says to call him father, and then it also says where two or three are gathered that he is there. So it's very important to pray on your own. And I think that that is a beautiful habit to grow in, but also praying in community. And I think that's so cool about the Greek life as well as they can get together in community and pray. And I am a firsthand you know, witness to say that when two or three are gathered, truly, truly incredible things can happen as we just like get together and pray. So there's definitely, I'm sure a million more scriptures that I could probably reference that talk about prayer, but hopefully that kind of gives you a ballpark. I love that. I love that. We're going to link in the show notes to, to just a bunch of verses about prayer so that, you know, it's just so that you can, can know what God has to say about this. You know, it's hard to do like a Bible study on um, a podcast, but I, I want us all to be able to really know, like know what promises we're holding on to, you know, like yeah. when, when we pray to know that God says like, when, when we pray together to know that he says, no, like where you guys are gathered, I'm with you. Um, you know, as we're talking about praying in groups or praying alone, I know that there are so many women who want to pray more and who want to have that relationship with God, but it just like, prayer just feels like it doesn't necessarily come naturally to them. It feels kind of awkward. The idea of praying out loud makes them want to throw up a little bit. Where is a good place to start with prayer? I know that you said that like, really we can start anywhere, but I would love it if you could just like kind of point us on the point us down the road in the right direction. Like, is there a wrong way to pray? Is there more than one way to pray? Like, how do we get started if we feel like this is new to us and not our gift? (laughs) For sure. So I definitely think that there's more than one way to pray. Like there's, there's certainly, there's just a million different ways. So if you've seen the movie War Room, it's a very inspiring movie about a, a, a mom who basically starts praying in her closet. She just like clears a bunch of stuff out and puts prayers on the wall and just starts praying boldly. Like these are the things I am interceding for my family on. And it's, it's a beautiful, inspiring story about just getting intentional about prayer. You know, like if we, we say we want to eat better, we say we want to work out, like we can say that all day long, but until we cook a healthy meal or show up at the gym, nothing changes. So we can say we want, um, I don't know, a healthy marriage or good grades or whatever it is, but until we get intentional about praying, I think that that's when the miracles can happen. So that is a super inspiring way. And that's just maybe more I don't know. I'm sure any any type of personality can do it. I was going to say my introverts, but I'm sure whatever um, type of personality, but that way you can kind of see the prayers. And I think journaling is also a very cool way to pray. And I love looking back at my journals. I don't do this every day, but at least once or twice a week, I'll journal. And it's so fun to look back and be like, oh my gosh, look at the miracle God did here. Or I can't believe I was even worried about this or, or whatever. But the, one of the ways that I love praying is it was just developed there on Greek Row, but literally like prayer walking and just getting out in my neighborhood is what I do most now and getting out and moving my body and praying. And I, I do it like I was a whisper. I don't like shout like a crazy person or anything, although, you know, don't put it past me. <laughs> But I just get out. And for me, I guess it's because I'm just kind of a busy body. Like I like moving my body because it kind of stills my mind. And so as I'm walking, I'm, I feel like I'm able to focus a little better on what I'm praying for. And so that is my kind of sweet spot. Like I did this morning before my girls got up and it was still dark outside, but it's just such a sweet time for me. And it was 15 minutes. I mean, I didn't spend three hours or anything, you know, it was just a time to kind of set my intention for the day and just remember like my scripture was like, look up because we can get so focused on the day to day and even looking down at our phones, right? Like we, we look down so much and we, and that's all we see. But when we look up and like, remember the God who made the stars in the universe, like he still cares about what's going on in your life right now. So it's just kind of a perspective shift and it helped me kind of focus 
So I hope that helps. Those are three different ways to pray. I'm sure there's more, but those are three that I know that are very powerful and can kind of help. Maybe one of those will be a fit for your listeners. I love that. I love that. I, I'm so with you. Um, I'm a busybody too. And walking is so good for me. And whether I'm like, sometimes I feel like when I'm, when I prayer walk, sometimes I'm praying in my head, or if I'm, if no one's around, like I'm praying out loud, just chatting with God. Um, but sometimes I'm not saying anything or praying anything. I'm just sort of listening. And I think that that's a piece of prayer that we sort of forget about. And I mean, I'm, I really forget about just because I have so many words going through my head that I forget to just be quiet for a minute. And I forget that I can just listen, um, and just kind of see what it feels like God's telling me or, um, what pops into my mind or what like kind of clicks into place in my heart. So I, I love prayer walking. I love that you said that. Uh, one of my other favorite ways to pray is in the car. And I figure that I feel kind of like, a, I definitely talk out loud in my car and I feel kind of like a crazy person doing it. But I feel like now that almost every state has like hands-free laws, like everyone's used to everyone like talking to themselves in the car and they're like, oh, they're just on the phone. So it makes me feel slightly less crazy, but I love praying in the car. There's just something about it. And um, my favorite way forever has always been journaling my prayers. And that's that's why I knew I wanted to, you know, create my prayer journal. And actually I have another one coming out that I think actually might be coming out the week that this episode goes live, which is so crazy. But I just, prayer journaling has always been so important to me because you're right. Like you're able to look back and see what God has done. You're able to record how you felt in the moment. And so the next time you go through something really hard, you're able to see okay, I I felt just as lost or just as confused or just as sad in this moment. And this is how God came through. And it just reminds you that he, like he's, he hasn't changed. He's still going to come through again. And it just, I mean, especially when it comes to my relationships, that was prayer journaling was so important for me because one, you have so many thoughts and feelings as you're single and dating and falling in love and getting your heart broken. And I just like have journal upon journal but also it's just really, you know, as I was, as I've been writing this, this prayer journal every single moment, it's been so amazing to look back at the journals and the prayers I was praying right before I met Carl and the things I was praying for him and and for our marriage and to just get to see all the, all the ways that God has answered those prayers. It's, they're just like my prized possession, those journals. And I love that I love that God is so big and amazing that we can pray in so many different ways and we can pray a different way every day of the week. There's only one more I wanted to mention, and it's because you mentioned The Circle Maker, um, which that's a really great book about prayer, and we'll link to it in the show notes too. But in in the book, he talks about like praying continuously, and that's in scripture <laughs> somewhere. We'll link to that too. Um, <laughs> but like pray continuously. And so for for, gosh, two years straight, I had this list of prayers that I was praying for my family and friends specifically. And I mean, and for me and for Carl, but it just was like the top 10 things I was praying for that I really, really like places I really needed God to show up. And so it was like, this prayer is for my dad, this prayer is for my mom, this prayer is for my best friend, this prayer is for Carl, this is for my work, this is for our podcast listeners, this is for my heart, this is for my healing. And it just, I would pray them over and over and over again every day. And I would like kind of pace up and down in my house and just read them out loud. And it was amazing because on the back, like, cause, because God answered those prayers and it was really cool. Cause on the back of the piece of paper, I would start writing like this happened today. This is exactly what I prayed for. And I just, I think that that's helpful because prayer can sometimes, there can be so many things that we are praying for that sometimes it's really nice to have like almost a list that you can go through and just, it, it feels like circling the walls of Jericho or like yeah. walking up and down Greek road, just like circling those prayers again and again and again, just asking God to show up and believing that he's going to. I love that. And as I was preparing, I'm so thankful that you, I was telling you like, they were talking about this, this subject has been so near and near to my heart. And I didn't even realize it, to be honest. And as I've gone back and remembered, like I looked at old blog posts that I wrote about as prayer walking over Greek row and going back and seeing what he's done. You're right. Like we forget the same God yesterday is today, you know? And, and I think that that's why he asked us, like there's somewhere in scripture. And again, I'm like you, I can't remember the exact place, but where he asked us to, um, put it on a stone. So we'll remember and like, yeah. and have those stones together. I think the, the journal is, they could be the new stones, you know? Yes. And like, that's a beautiful example. I'm so glad you have that resource, but just to remember. And then when you are like, 
oh my gosh, God, where are you? Are you asleep? You know, my life feels so heavy and hard right now. You can look back to six months ago and you're like, I felt the same way here and look what you did, you know? Yep. I love that. So, you know, I think that sometimes one of the things that holds us back when it comes to prayer is like, what if God doesn't answer? You know, I think that sometimes we try to protect God. Like we don't ask for something specific because we're afraid of how, like what's going to happen to our faith if he doesn't answer that crazy prayer. And I mean, God doesn't need our protection, but we, I think sometimes feel like it. And so it keeps us from praying really boldly. Can you talk to us about that? Like, how did you, why is it important we pray big prayers? What kinds of things can we pray for? And I guess, how do we push through, how do we pray that way? Even if we're feeling afraid of like, what happens if God doesn't answer this prayer? No, yeah, that's good. So, but I would say about praying boldly is, I think that kind of comes back to like, we're afraid, you know, God is good when someone is healed, but is God still good if they're not healed? You know what I mean? I think that kind of comes back to like good things happening to our bad things happening to good people. And we question like, where is God in all of that? And what I have found in my own life is those times when I have like, you know, had those come apart. And I think that my life is over. I realize that God had something good planned all along. And even when that means something that I never would have planned, like I never would have planned that homeless girl that we were helping for everything to fall apart. I wanted so badly for her to be a success story. I never would have planned my senior year breakup because I wanted so bad for us to live happily ever after. But God had something so much better in mind. And I think about how just a few weeks ago, it was still summertime and our kids were wanting to sleep in a tent outside and they had it all set up and they were all ready. And then a storm was coming through and you could see like the huge dark clouds and the lightning in the distance. And they were like, it's fine. We're going to sleep outside. It'll all be great. And we're like, okay, cute. No, we're bringing you inside. And I think about how we're that way sometimes. And we're like, God, we got this. We're fine. Or or we don't see that he has something good in mind and he protects us and like brings us inside. And he just, he sees the bigger picture is the, is the, you know, ultimate story. And we really are children and he really is a father. And as that good father protects us and wants better for us, he wants that relationship with us. So when we are just communicating with him, like, you know, it's not always when we're hurt or when we need him. And in fact, it's so much better when it's just a random Tuesday and we're talking about, our lives and who we are. And that type of relationship, it just grows and it's so much more powerful than, you know, just when we need something. And then, and that can develop that language. Like we talked about a more bolder, bolder, is that a word? More bold prayers and like just coming in front of Jesus, which is so incredible getting back to like, we can talk to the God of the universe. And I was praying the other day for healing for one of my friend's daughters. And I, and this word Jehovah Rapha came to my mind, which is like, it means healer. And like, where did that even come from? And I think about how I learned that years ago, but that is my 15 years of development in prayer. You know, just as a child doesn't start praying big prayers. Like, I mean, not a fancy word is a big prayer, but you know what I mean? Like you don't have to have it all figured out, but you can ask the God of the universe. You can present your request to him. And he, I mean, he is a good father and he wants to meet those requests. And he wants ultimately though, not just to make you happy, but to have what's best for you and to give you that abundant life. I love that. I think, um, you know, something that I think about in my own life, when it feels like I'm praying for something, I've been praying for something for a long time. It's still not happening. God, where are you? Like, it just feels like you're in the desert a little bit that, you know, when I can zoom out a little bit, you know, when, and and that's really hard to do, but when I can zoom out a little bit, I feel like I'm able to see that I, the fact that I'm in the middle of the story, if you're to read any book, any good book, the character goes through something hard. And there is a time in every story where that character feels like every, like all is lost, like all is lost, but it's like, you know, holding the whole book that all is not lost and that there's going to be something good that happens in the end, or that there's going to be some resolution or that there's going to be a new chapter. And I think that just remembering that in my own life and being able to look back at my journals and go, there was a new chapter, like Yes, I I was so in the wilderness in this season, but God showed up. And the more we can look back and and see that, the more the easier it is to trust Him, like in this current chapter. But when you're feeling like God is ignoring you or not listening or whatever, like it's 
it's not the end of the story. It's the middle of the story. And, and, you know, I, I think you're so right. Like how it's so hard when we're praying for something and God just doesn't answer the prayer the way that we're hoping it will, or the way that we're hoping he will. And I think that sometimes, I think sometimes God says no or yes to things or orchestrates things because there's, because he's doing something that we can't see. Yeah. And then I think that there's sometimes when we live in a broken, hard world where people get sick and people die and we lose people we love and there are car accidents and things like that. And that's part of living in our really broken world. And I don't believe for a second that God is orchestrating those things. I believe it's part of living in a world where he's not, you know, we're, we're not being puppeted around like this. We we are people who get to choose in a world that is broken and and there's, there's something beautiful to that. But I do know that even when things are terrible and even when things happen that break our hearts and break God's hearts, he can still do something beautiful in them. Yeah. And, you know, my favorite verse of all time, and I hold on to it in moments when everything's okay and moments when nothing is okay, um, is Romans 8, 28. And it says, in all things, we know that God is working for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And that's in all things. And so no matter if something is feeling really broken or if, or if you're sitting in the middle of a story, like waiting for him to show up and it feels like he's not showing up, like in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called yeah. according to his purpose. And I just, I hold on to that with like white knuckles all the time. That's so good. Yeah. All creation is groaning for his return, right? I mean, that's why we have hurricanes and tornadoes and like sin and brokenness. Like we all are ready for his return in a perfect world. But until then, things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And we just have to cling to the promise that he's making all things new and giving us those glimpses of heaven though, right? Like giving us those glimpses of good and glimpses of stuff to hold on to. And that's just because he's gracious. So it's so good. I love that. So Katie, last, but seriously, certainly not least, (sighs) I would love it if you'd give us just like one last, like call to action, call to prayer, just kind of a pep talk as we're sitting here thinking about prayer and wanting it to be more part of our lives and wanting to see God move in our lives as we're sitting here feeling that way, like what's just a last kind of pep talk you have for us? Okay. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I just believe truly, if you look back at the pages of history that nearly every movement, and I'm talking like movement was started by young people. And I'm so excited that your listeners are, you know, just ready and eager and excited to be different than the way things have always been done. And so what if, I mean, in the words of John Lennon, some say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. What if young people just gathered together in prayer and what if just invited God to do miraculous things? And I believe that's in Greek ministry. I believe that's in you know, just your apartment on college, your biology class as a young married. Um, one of my new things that I've been loving to do is just pray for our neighborhood. I just go through and pray for marriages because I believe truly that marriage is the foundation of the family. And then when that breaks up, so many other things break up as well. So just praying for there's this book called Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire, a book about prayer from Jim Cimbala about the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. So that's kind of been my thing lately, praying for fresh wind and fresh fire. And basically that just means a newness, like, you know, loving spouses, finding fresh fire and fresh love for each other again, and finding fresh faith if you've had it for a while and just needing to see how real God is again. Or maybe learning about him for the first time and just seeing him with fresh eyes. And like, I always thought Jesus was boring and for people who didn't know how to have fun, but actually he came to give me life and give it more abundantly. So just all these fresh eyes to see how incredible God is and the plans that he had for us are so stinking amazing. Like, I just, I think that we are ready and ripe and hungry for a revival. And I believe that starts with young people. And so one of my favorite quotes, I'm just going to read it. It's from Generation Ministries. And it says, let it be recorded in the history books of heaven that the young Christians of this generation responded in radical obedience and dedication for the revelation and purpose of God for their lifetime. Perhaps we will discover that we came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Smoke on those words. (laughs) I just love that quote and I share it as much as I can. I just believe that the time is now and the girl is you listening and the, the people, the movement is ready to take our sons and daughters back and just start a revival on the hearts across the world. 
I love that. I love that. Katie, thank you so much for being here, friend. Of course. Thank you. You guys, isn't Katie so great? Seriously, she's our new best friend, right? I just love her and I love her story. And there were so many times when I was just bowled over by God's truth and his love as she talked. Game changing, right? So don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for anything we talk about in our Girls Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head to stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog, and you'll find links for everything, including a full list of verses about prayer so you can dive deeper into the topic. All right, friends, that's it for today, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now's the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It doesn't send you an email or anything. It'll just make sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask y'all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you would take just two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thank you so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week. 